Hey, dudes. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> Hi, Bridget. <laughs> that was a trick. Gotcha. I always had a thought. Not always. This is as of like the past couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were a serial killer, I'd want to be the Gautier killer. What would that involve? So at my crime scene, my MO mm-hmm. would be somebody that I used to know would be playing because the dead body would be somebody that you used to know. And then on the dead... That really leaves you a wide range of people to potentially... And then... No, no, no. Not somebody that I used to know. Somebody that anybody used to know. Oh, of course. Because now they're just somebody that the general you used to know. Right, right, right. But on the body would be a post-it note that just said, dot, 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 Gautier. Oh, (laughs) there it was. There it was. (laughs) My other one, if I were a serial killer, would be um, the Disney killer. And I would kill people in Disney World and put them, their bodies in places where, like, no one would know that it's not, like, like when in Space Mountain, when you're, like, going up, there's, like, an yeah. astronaut that's just hanging there. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't move. Like, he's not an animatronic. So I was like, mm, that's right. Put my dead body. So no one would know. Oh, that's real good. Is that, like, a thing that I should be worried about? <laughs> that you have serial killer ideas? I would or never. Like methods. I would never do it. No, I think that's pretty normal. Is it? What's yours? Do you have one? Um, I don't know if I've thought about an mo necessarily. Mine, it would all be, they'd be seemingly random, but it would be like I'd be on a train and someone would be like crinkling a candy wrapper, <laughs> and that would be the person. <laughs> so people. So that they'd just be random your, people. Yeah. Your effigenia. What is it called? Um, are you talking about um the. The thing we have is called misophonia. Mm, Euphigenia. Yeah, 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 exactly. The other day I was sitting at reception. I tweeted about this, but I was sitting at reception and covering the receptionist for their break. And someone came in and it was the FedEx woman and she handed me the package and said, last name? And I said, McNamara. And she was halfway out the door. She said, McNamara. And I said, yep. And she got in the elevator and I just lost it to myself a little bit Would you she was so her? confident about it no no absolutely <laughs> not she was a competent lady doing her job Mark, Mark. Mark, Mark. yep that's that's it <laughs> yep that's so funny it was pretty funny um hey brooke hi bridget <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep 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 i'm so welcome happy welcome back to brooklyn thank you this is our second week in a row in brooklyn is it yeah Oh, that's really true. <laughs> it feels like I've lived <laughs> several weeks. When was the last then. time I saw you? I saw you on the street because you came by to say hello. Friday, Friday. That was Friday before I left. It's only been that many days. Yeah, it, and feels, we, it like feels like an eon. Brooke is about to leave me for like two and a half weeks. No, a week and a half. Brooke is about to leave me for two and a half weeks, <laughs> which is unconscionable. I'm sorry. What? You've never heard that. Before? No, I make up my own words. <laughs> Presumably. That is inconscionable. Yeah, yep. <laughs> what does that mean? Unfathomable, unbelievable, synonymous with those words, I would say. Perfect. I'm adding that to my vocabulary. I've had, I had a very Carrie Bradshaw weekend. You were reverse carried in the last I episode w- when she sees... She sees Big out with the other woman and talks to him, except it. Y- oh, yeah. You. I was the other woman. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. When she was on the monogamous. When Carrie is at lunch and sees Big on another date. That's right. That's right. That is. I was the other woman, except I was like. But you weren't the other woman in that sense. No, I was. You were the other woman in that episode. In that episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I still don't know what it is, which is like fine. It's like a second date. I don't need to know his whole romantic 
pastime, but I'm a very, Brooke is a very nosy girl. So now you're curious. So I'm just like, what is this story? I like not as like a, I need to know because I want to date you. Nope. It's just just, like, I'm just. You just want to know. Oh, I just want to know, but. Because um, you're oh, a spy, Brooke. Because I'm a spy. But he won't tell me. And I was like, ooh, this is very. I was like, while it was happening, I was like, okay. He wants to keep you interested. I could freak out or I could talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I handled yep. it very well, which I think scored you me did. points. If you're listening. Scored you points with me. Scored me points with me, too. That's um, what really matters, Brooke. I matter to me. Um, but yes, I am leaving for a week and a half, two and a half weeks, a week and a half. I'm going home to Florida and then I'm going on a cruise to the Caribbean. She's <laughs> going on a cruise to our friend Kyle, who we've spoken of. He's at sea and I am joining him. And then <laughs> I'm going to, um, Orlando with my familia. That's going to be. So Last good. year we did at Disney World, and this year we're doing Universal Studios. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, but we're not here to talk about me. Kind of. This is just an update on us. Oh, Bridget yeah. Bridget was just out of town. I was. I was in Chicago this weekend. Supposed to come back at 6 a.m. this morning and go to work. And my this is a PSA <laughs> to not do what I did and buy a Spirit flight because it's cheaper. It got canceled. And I had to buy a new flight. I'm pointing at my microphone because I want my brother to know. Because he called me in a panic today because he's flying to Florida for Mother's Day. Oh, I commented on his status last night about it. Yeah. Alex and Bridget are now homies. Alex, best friend of the podcast. Best friend of the podcast. My dad and my brother (laughs) are in a fight. There's no nepotism here whatsoever. If you want to be a best friend of the podcast, just ask. (laughs) Just share Brooke's DNA. And we'll give you a shout out. No, you don't have to share my DNA. I'm joking have you seen the new mike perbiglia there's a new netflix (laughs) (laughs) he's new what happened to him (laughs) but um yep um but there is a new mike perbiglia special you should watch that's all um i had a very embarrassing moment in harlem last night way more funny than it is embarrassing (laughs) it's pretty embarrassing so i have been uh eating an obscene amount of plantain chips recently mm-hmm. uh i've had them for lunch i've had them for dinner i just like can't stop and so sunday night mm-hmm. i went to the bodega after being out i got some plantain chips <laughs> i went home i lived my life i didn't think twice about it last night i went on a third date with the same boy mm-hmm. and i got home <laughs> bumble boy bumble boy mr mr bumble Hey, uh-huh. Well, you're stuck with it now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'm going to force it. So I went on a third date with Mr. Bumble. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I was like, I want some plantain chips. It's a perfectly reasonable craving. But I was like, I can't go back to that bodega. And I was on the phone with a friend of the podcast, Hillary. And I was like, I'm going to go to this other bodega because there's like 18 around me because I live in Harlem. And I go in and I pick out my planting chips and I go to live my best life at the register. And the guy's like, I see you everywhere. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, last night at the smoke shop, which is like the, the deli. The, the deli. Yeah. And I said, do you also work at that deli? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, 
Hillary starts cackling on the phone. Because she could hear it. Because, again, <laughs> I went out of my way to go to a different deli, and yet I still got recognized for buying the same thing. That's what you get. Two nights in a row. Moral is? Just commit. Just commit to the plantain and chips. And guess what Come I on. had for a delicious snack today? Plantain chips. Did you? One episode nine. I know. What a remarkable Oh, you guys, thing. welcome to Splat. Oh, hey, this is Splat, the podcast. Wait, we jokingly did the thing and then never did the thing. Should we start it again? I well, we can just we've said our hellos, but now our our this is fine. Is well, now we're here. Welcome to Splat the podcast, guys. Splat the podcast where we talk about Sex in the City twenty years later and ten years younger than the characters and the characters living in New York City, which is what we these anecdotes we've been telling. I've been telling because Bridget was in Chicago. Yes. So my. Oh yeah, Brooke had a big weekend here. I had a. She also bought some crazy good clothes on sale today. She did it. She's good at pulling them off the rack now and buying them, and they work, which is a skill I've never and will never have. <laughs> you fun. love wine, just like our Instagram. Do you guys follow us on Instagram at Splat Podcast? Love a subtle segue. I love a good segue. <laughs> you wine dripping? Uh huh. This episode is. Bridget's really excited to talk about it. Which I've never said before about an episode, so weird. I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about it. This is, I feel like, one of the first famous episodes. Oh, interesting. There have been a lot of... I did recognize a lot of moments, Mm -hmm. yeah. From the Google. From the Google. And um, the the rabbit, you know. Oh, this, this is big. This episode is called The Turtle and the Hare. It is indeed. And... They love a good play on a thing. They do. They love, it's like her writing. They're just as kind of cheesy and. Aren't they though? This show is so hilariously committed to exactly what it is. You can see the setups coming and they're still ridiculous. It's true. Are we ready to dive in? Do we have any more um, hotel splat (laughs) check-ins? I don't know. Do we have any check-ins? How are all of you out there doing? Oh, that's not how a podcast works? Weird. (laughs) How are you? Me? That's great. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a trick answering machine. Glad to hear it. (laughs) Tell me about your day. Fascinating. What? (laughs) Okay. So Carrie starts this one off. It's not quite a fairy tale because it's at least rooted in their real lives. But she says... In a city of perfect people, no one was more perfect than Brooke. Who, me? <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> then who? Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this episode and I was like, finally. She also watched me watch it and was so excited for me <laughs> to watch this moment, which is luckily the very first moment. It says Brooke lives every Saturday night like the senior prom. Which is, and I don't know, prom can be a vastly same. underrated experience. She is getting married. She's getting married. And Carrie says it's a... It's a um, the guy is more boring than exposed brick. Which, if you're asking us millennials... Is a very hip and fancy apartment. I think exposed brick is so exciting. I know, I would agree. It's your average hundred... Hundred. It's your average hundred thousand dollar wedding. It's your average hundred thousand dollar wedding, which, which is made like, me audibly snort. I went ah, 
And Carrie starts lift, listing off people who are there, including investment bakers and the women who hate them. Classmates. And then she says that basically everyone's coupled up there, except... And it's the four of them, and Carrie says, we're dressed like the witches of Eastwick. Which I... And he, witches is just always the I good... the good, witches. The good... The good role. <laughs> oh, you guys, congratulations. By the time this episode has aired, we will have officially, Mercury will be out of retrograde. Ugh. We've made it. Ugh. There's, and there's, they look like witches too. They look like a little coven and I love it. I They're all in black it. and they all have weird hair. Such, such early 2000s, late 90s hair. And they're like the four who aren't matched up. Which is just like that episode with the... Um, the married Early people. On, yeah, number three, Bay of Married Pigs. Yes. Very hey, good, Bridget. Listen to me. Thank you. So this wedding, there are two single. She says, she uses so many absolutes. And she says, at like at every wedding of this size, there are two singles tables. And there's one that's like alive and popping and the singles are mingling. And then it pans over and they're sitting with the kids. And Which is weird because they're like so hot and popping. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Especially how like successful they are i just feel like that's so weird also like i feel like they could find dates i don't know yeah definitely i mean maybe they like going as the four of them but then why complain about it constantly my mom is going with me to a wedding in two weeks you're gonna have such a good time i am um then this guy starts hitting on um they introduce this guy that they call the turtle hence he's the ap- episode title part of it the first of. half yeah and the turtle um but, but this wedding dress is so hideous. Awful. The turtle, they say, has, Carrie says, has good investments and bad breath. And, I said, is kind of a creep. Um, so turtle's just, like, hitting on people in, like, a really, like, tragic way. Like, my ex-girlfriend bought me this shirt. Yes, That's, like, his which line. Which he uses multiple times through the episode. Yeah. That just, like, sort of ridiculous, Too like, much. Come on. Oh, the turtle is so, so gross. And he clearly, they, she's talking about his bad breath and... Samantha comes over and gets near him, and he's, of course, immediately smitten. And it's kind of the first time you ever see Samantha totally uninterested, and it's clear his breath smells like rotting rot. Oh, yes, rotting rot. The classic. We just, we get to know Turtle a little bit more, and he's really interested in Samantha, who's already off. You know, she's taken herself out of the singles party by mingling with this guy. And Turtle is asking uh, Carrie... Like, what would I have to do to get to know your friend? And Carrie has to pull a rose out of the centerpiece. And smell and it. It's smell so it. dramatic. It's all so incredibly dramatic. So they say, so to each woman, they say goodbye to her. And to Miranda, she's like, can you believe I finally did it? Or she says to Miranda, yeah. To Charlotte, she goes, you're next. Bill's got some great single friends. And Charlotte's like, me, me, me. And she goes to Carrie, it's always better to marry someone who loves you more than you love them. <laughs> Which is such a non sequitur, intense. It's, it's just so funny. It's like, and Carrie's like, <laughs> it really throws Carrie off as many things seem to. So she goes home to write about it and calls big. Because that makes the most sense. Yeah. So she's calling him. She asks if he, she's woken him up, which she has not. I like seeing them in this like. I like this. They have easy banter. And it's just, like, nice to see them, like, talking and it's not about, I mean, like, it becomes a big, like, It becomes a thing starter. so fast. But I like seeing them just, like, she's calling him at the end of her night. Like, she's working. Like, they don't have to spend yeah. every night together. Like They just have a sweet conversation. Yeah. It seems like a healthy relationship. 
Until immediately Carrie loses her mind. Well, she asks him, like, why do people get married? Which is kind of a big question. If they're not and in love. he's been married. Yeah, specifically. Why do they get married? Why do they get married? Why do they get married if they're not in love? And he lists off a couple of joke answers that end in political asylum. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then he's like, I'm, I'm never going to get married again. And Carrie's And Carrie like, can't breathe. She loses breath. Which, this is an actual... So, it, it leads to a scene of them discussing this, the f- the friends together. And I had a thought where and I wondered won. if this... <laughs> and I wondered, would this conversation have been different if the characters were 10 years younger? I think absolutely. Because the the this conversation is predicated on the idea that it's not worth it to spend time with someone or to be invested in someone if marriage isn't feasible or the goal. It's at least implied heavily by Charlotte. and But it's just interesting because... I was immediately like, this is kind of ridiculous. And then I was like, well, but people our age aren't thinking and he's marriage 40. or bust. Right. And she's and he's already been married. He's already been married. Um, and I was thinking about, like, what is the 20-something, like, version of this? Like, yeah. what could someone say that would make you, like, not be able to breathe? Yeah. Um, I was actually. In some cases, maybe the opposite. Someone was like, I'm ready to get married. Yeah. Like now? Yeah. What th- were you thinking though? No, I hadn't thought of one. I think you're right. I think if, especially if I was dating someone, so big is what, 10 years older than Carrie? Probably, yeah. You know, if I was dating a 35-year-old, it would make sense for him to be ready to get married. Yeah. And I think I would freak out. Yeah. So or like, just be like, I'm not. I, that's not. Not we even. Aren't, yeah. I think maybe like long term. Mm-hmm. A version of this would be like, I never want to have kids. But even right now, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not I'm not looking for my husband right now. Even now, I sometimes have conversations with people who never want to, like, live long term with someone if they don't think they're going to be married, which, I mean, I understand the idea of a long term investment, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's so specific and hindering to make it about whether or not you're going to be married at some point in the inevitable future. It's just like, let yourself... Maybe sometimes it does make sense, Sans marriage. So they gather to talk. Um, and Miranda says a really funny thing that about men wanting to get married because they miss their mommies. <laughs> Miranda. I and love Miranda. I love Miranda. And Carrie's like, maybe this isn't my target audience. Because out of all of them, Charlotte's really the only one who knows she wants to get married. And this harkens back to my concept that, like, they're all it's all in Carrie's mind. Yeah. And so, like, Charlotte is the part of Carrie that does want to get married, does want to have kids. Right. You know? Right. Well, the this is a, this is a funny breakdown because – or there was, a, there was a moment where I was like, the, this age thing made me laugh so much to myself. So Charlotte says, honesty and communication, I think, are key to any healthy relationship. And I wrote down, word, Charlotte. And as I wrote it down, Samantha in the background goes, Okay. <laughs> If you were 25, that would be adorable. But you're 32 now, so that's just stupid. And I was like, oh, that's me thinking. <laughs> it was just targeted and a beautiful moment. Bridget has no concept of ages. Never forget that she made herself a 25th birthday <laughs> poster. That's true. I did. I made myself a 25th birthday poster my 24th birthday. Uh, and then we get into the beautiful crux of this. It, this. Something I love about this is that it follows um, Charlotte's trope. Of having a kind of like kinky sex thing. But instead of it being someone else, it's just her. And I love it. So Miranda's like, I uh, had the best sex I've ever had. 
uh, I'm in love with my new vibrator, the rabbit. The rabbit. She tells them all about it. Have you Samantha's met? Samantha's like, a rabbit? If you're going to get a dildo, shouldn't you get a horse? <laughs> and Charlotte's like, a vibrator a doesn't horse? call you on your birthday. A vibrator doesn't send, send you, flowers. you flowers. I'm like, a vibrator does much more than that. Yeah, if it were more important work. Anyone can send you flowers, but not anyone can do the work a vibrator can do. <laughs> Cheers to vibrators. Hey, we fully endorse vibrators on this podcast. Um, and I also love her financial priorities because they go together. Uh, well, three of them go. Okay, so um, Charlotte and Miranda and Carrie go to get this. So I did this. This is I did it online with my roommates, but never in okay, person. There's a store in Chicago called Early to Bed, and it's I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like specifically for this. Um, so Charlotte and Miranda and Carrie go together. Samantha doesn't. Um, she's going on a date with the guy who she kind of disappeared with to canoodle with at the wedding. Yeah, but <laughs> his vibrator is so dated. It it's so not easy to use it like looks like a vibrator and that it's like a you know a dildo with well like it looks like a and a rabbit you know a rabbit but the but main part like swivels like um it's very clunky and there's a big remote you have to hold <laughs> but charlotte does this hilarious thing where she's like oh it's so cute it's, it's pink, pink for girls it's she's like great. it's got a little face <laughs> and then carrie cuts home by saying back at the briar patch which is just some really good writing and samantha calls her to be like you'll never like samantha just calls her to talk to her and carrie's just like sitting there watching this like penis spin <laughs> she hasn't turned on <laughs> it just doesn't turn it off and samantha's like excuse me are you listening to me and carrie's just like up, up, up. playing with the vibrator <laughs> hypnotized by this vibrator so jerry jerry is the guy yeah so samantha tells her about this crazy night she's had who with a guy who looks like a young hot gordon ramsay we do you follow gordon ramsay on twitter i mean uh, yes yeah I everybody know. i'm endorsing gordon ramsay's twitter <laughs> it really does look like gordon ramsay it does he does this amazing thing where people will tag him in food they've made and be like hey gordon ramsay i made this thing and he'll respond and he'll be like that's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's so silly, but I love nice Gordon Ramsay. If you've ever, if you've never seen MasterChef Junior, it's like you feel all the children are your children, and he's so kind, and they're so good to each other. Pretty beautiful. It's so funny. So hot Gordon Ramsay disappears from the bar. Yeah, for a minute. He's like, I well, first he's like, I always go mm -hmm. after what I want. And ten minutes and a couple cocktails later, Samantha goes looking for him because she does not like being made to wait. And she, I wrote, nobody puts Samantha in a corner. Literally. She's just not having it. And the bartender in this huge, wide 90s tie, she says, where is he? And he, the bartender does a comical shrug. And then she sees him. He, the wedding guy, Hot Gordon Ramsay, is canoodling with another woman in the back of the restaurant very brazenly. It's stupid. It's very stupid. And Samantha's, like, surprisingly disappointed by it. She is. Well, I think it's just, it's not often that encounters go this way for Samantha. She's used to people just being hooked on her. And then the worst thing possible happens. The turtle. Dun, dun. Who was obsessed with her at the wedding. Bad breath guy. He, Bernie Turtletop from the wedding. And he's like really, really not cute. He's not cute at all. He's just, he's an unfortunate guy and they've, they've, it's, it's funny because the relationship that Samantha ends up having with him is... She's almost like, it's like a makeover scene in like a teen movie almost. Yeah, we get on the, he's, she's, well, so Carrie talks about, she goes, in a city of great expectations, is it time to settle for what you could get? 
And, like, it's all about settling because now Samantha thinks she's not worthy to have the, like, ugly British guy, the Gordon Ramsay guy. Right. So she's like, okay, I guess I'll work with what I can have. And I think she also doesn't want to be rude. You know, it's a hard thing. Which I think is, like, super... um, Although she could be if she really wanted. But she does this amazing thing where she sits down with him and pretty immediately is like, dude... Your breath is terrible, yeah. which I love. I love that she's the kind of person who just and he's would like, say that. I killed the last woman who talked to me like that. Which Based, he sort of looks like like what I imagine Jeffrey. Dahmer he loves looks it. Like. He like laughs. Do you know what I wrote down? What did you write down? Okay, Robert Durst. Oh, he doesn't look like Dursty. <laughs> no, he doesn't look like him. New York Maven. I mean, it's real estate and investment banking, but come on. I love I killed the Robert last woman Durst. who talked to me like that. I love little Dursty. Samantha's like, oh, he's making a joke. And I was like, oh, he's creepy as hell. Oh, he's got those glass. Look at this freeze frame of him. He looks like a literal goblet. Yeah, he really, speaking of serial killers. I want to talk about settling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I interrupted you, see? Ugh. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just excited to hear what you have Supportive statements only. So there was a Forbes article um, <laughs> four or five years ago. About millennials and um, millennial women unable to find dateable men and how like. Or specifically people to like settle with, right? Yeah. It's just like I feel like women now our age and even older have more self-worth and um, they'll have these non-negotiable expectations. Like they need to have this specific life. Um, And like millennial women is like we're too busy like taking on the world to like settle for like a guy who doesn't fit these standards interesting um and I was thinking I feel like I spend a lot of my time being like I wish I had a boyfriend I wish I had a, a boy you realize that you could have a in boyfriend reality, if you wanted one if it's I about, really wanted you want a person you want a specific someone for you not just like yeah. a warm body right which is nice a warm body is nice a warm body serves its purpose purpose but, like, often I realize that I don't that's different though settling is not necessary especially right now because no. I'm not trying to get married this episode like I feel like it yeah. hit me really hard I was like you know what I don't need those things it's an empowering feeling super empowering and Samantha's very empowered so it's interesting to see her then feeling like she has to settle for yeah. this guy so the thing is, she does end up com- kind of having a funny relationship with this For guy. Some, I don't know why, but I wrote that we only get to know the women through their relationship to Carrie. Oh, because because then we cut to Samantha on Because she's with finishing Carrie. her, her so story. She called her about all of this. All three. Oh, that's right. All three of these women, like, we only really get to, for now at least, have only gotten to know their stories through, like, Miranda coming and talking to Carrie, mm-hmm. and then we get a flash. Or, or Samantha, them hanging out or going shopping or, yeah. yeah. or Samantha calling Carrie or Charlotte, like, coming to right. Carrie. And Carrie sort of, like, drives, like, and I get it, she's the protagonist, but I feel like I'm excited for you, Bridget, for when um, we get sort of, they, they become their, like, independent entities. Yeah. And then we meet up with Brooke again. Who basically she talks about marriage being just like a chore that she had to get done getting married yeah getting married marriage itself like the like getting married was a chore and now she doesn't have to worry about it but carrie takes that as to being like she's not happy yeah but so she asks her about it well so she kind of apologizes she's like i didn't mean to imply that you wouldn't be happy i think your husband's great but well, she talks about settling. Yeah, and so then the then Brooke's kind of like, oh, I did settle, but that's fine. Not everyone can have their crazy, you know, and then they get distracted because... Samantha shows up with Turtle. Across the street, and she's done a makeover for him. And Carrie Brooke, says, 
I couldn't believe it. And Brooke is like, exact. See this? Per- it was prime t- example. It was Turtle wearing helmet laying. But there, it's kind of a weird, <laughs> it's a weird incident. And it, but it's cute because Samantha's giddy, but she's not like interested in Turtle. She's giddy because she's like making him over. She's like, look what I did. Yeah. Like, and Rocky then she takes horror. him for a facial. I want a facial. Yeah, it sounds nice. Never actually gotten one. And then, smart girl, Brooke says. She seems happy, which, like, happy that... So, she, it indicates that she's, like, oh, she's looked, she, you know, she's found one to lock down and an easy one. So, I think Brooke is kind of settling. Like, I think Carrie's instinct yeah. was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, Brooke's, like, oh, yeah, I'm happy. But, in her mind, I think, like, the wedding was a chore. But, I think marriage also just to do it, just to be married was, like, like, a thing to the, check off yeah, the yeah, list. Yeah. Well, because the wedding itself, perhaps, was the chore part of it. But sure. she just, like, needed to complete marriage. She's now accessed this new part of life. Yeah. So Brooke disappears. Brooke disappears. And then we um, check back in with Charlotte and the rabbit because Charlotte oh, has become addicted. So then we cut to Carrie. Carrie goes to Charlotte in yoga class. And Which, what a fun, bad place to be having a deep conversation in a yoga class. Like with I've other never, people. What is this partner yoga? I know. It's not, it's just, it's basically just stretching. I do again. I love the showing that they work out. Like they make them yeah, into real people. And doing it together and it's fun. But Charlotte's like, I'm worried I'm never going to have sex with a man again because it's just every time with the vibrator and once I came for five minutes and she's like, I just, I'm going to have to stop using it because it'll never be the same with a guy again. Dang. Dang. I think, I think you have to do it quite a bit to really, it's just a different, it's totally different. Yeah. It's totally different. But. And then Charlotte's like, oh, I can't go out. I'm uh, expecting a phone call. Charlotte's like, I'm definitely going to stop using it. I'm going to stop using it. But I can't go out with you tonight. I have a phone call. Transatlantic. (laughs) And Carrie's like, please. And then we, we cut to Carrie and. Sweet Stanford. My favorite Stanford. They both look amazing. She's wearing this like black pants and turtleneck with this awesome cobalt blue coat over it. She looks great in that blue. Oh, I love. I wrote, ah, Carrie went to the theater, so she wears a turtleneck. And Stanford is lamenting about the gay scene. And how co- competitive it is. Apparently, he last week discovered this for himself because he decided to place a personal ad. Which is 1998 version of Bumble. Literally. Or Tinder. Well, Tinder maybe more so even. On a street corner, literally, which just must be so stressful. And he sees three kind of cute guys, none of whom are who he's and looking for. And then a for, guy who kind of looks like who him. totally looks like him. And he's Same like, pattern baldness. Almost the same height. Immediately is like, sorry, no. Not going to happen. Like, so straightforward. I, sa- I wrote, rude, and also, you look like him. <laughs> which is oh, the point, I know. But I had a moment where I realized that as I as I have gone blonde, the people that I've hooked up with have also gotten blonde. Oh, it's like a I'm, like attracts like, like. And I wondered, <laughs> am I just attracted to myself? And then I was like, Certainly. that must be. I wonder if that's like a thing that like. Have you ever talked about um like boyfriend twins or like boyfriend like have you ever heard of boyfriend twins? Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenon, especially. I think mostly with gay guys more so, or at least that's like the internet meme version of it is boyfriends who look like they're the same more so in the gay community specifically because guys want to look like what they're attracted to. And so often people end up going for similar types and then like, or yeah, anyway, Stanford, poor Poor Stanford Stanford. was so sad. So sad. Can't blame him. I can't blame him. 
Uh, and he says, maybe I'm not gay enough. You look pretty gay to me. Come on, maybe it's just a phase. Puberty is a phase. 15 years of rejection is a lifestyle. Sometimes I think I should just marry a woman and get all the money. Uh, but 15 years of rejection is a life. This is such an interesting plot turn that I did not see him coming. He's basically like, I don't get my inheritance unless I marry a woman, my grandmother. Wait, <laughs> the way you just said that sentence. I don't, I don't get my inheritance unless I marry a woman, my grandmother, is what you said. So Stanford's <laughs> grandmother isn't going to give him his inheritance unless he, until, until he, he gets ma- married to a woman. Right, which we don't know it's specifically to a woman yet. We just know because I gay marriage would not be a thing in my family for my grandmother, but I want my inheritance. And he's like, wait a second, maybe we should marry each other. If Big is never going to get married and you want to be married and I get my inheritance, he's like, what could be better than a husband who encourages, who keeps you in fancy shoes and encourages you to cheat? Which and is- then as she's like post-coital snuggling with Big. And she's like, oh, by the way. He asks what she's so happy about. I got a marriage proposal last night. They're such seventh graders. I know. They are. They are. They really are. And he's like, oh, did you? Who was it? And she's like, "Mm, the handsome young man with an inheritance. She tells him it's Stanford. He's like, isn't he gay? She says, he is. And rolls over. And she's like, this is a genius idea. And she actually gets more and more into it as the episode goes on. Yeah. And she's getting ready. She also loves to smoke in bed. I know. I, I've they smoke everywhere. They smoke inside at that wedding. In his face, too. <gasps> in Ooh, bed. That was such a lovely breeze. I know. It's not nice. Thank you, May. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet May. Darling buds of May are shaking outside our window. Ooh, May. <laughs> Look at what the April showers have brung. May flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're going to another fucking gallery opening. Can we just make up another event? Just pretend it's, I don't know, a party. Yeah, or because a- Charlotte works for an art gallery. Oh, I know. So she, it's like us going to openings or like to going to the theater. That's true. That was a silly comment. No. I take it back. So no comment is silly here. <laughs> I wish you could see the indignance with it. <laughs> Brooke <laughs> shot me down. You are perfect. <laughs> um, and so Charlotte like But the calls- funniest thing is... Charlotte, the vibe addict. She calls. She's like, I can't. And they're like, we got to do something about this They situation. have a rabbit intervention. It's so funny. They're like, where? Charlotte and her. I also, this is one of those things where it's just like so exaggerated. I love so how exaggerated. opens the window. I know. She's like, she's got to air it we out of there. Air this yeah. <laughs> Sex dungeon. And Carrie pulls it out of a bunny and she goes, you put the rabbit in a rabbit. That is so you. <laughs> But I just, it's so funny to me that Charlotte would take this so far that she's like quitting plans. Listen, you just come home after the gallery opening and then. But Charlotte, Charlotte says, I'd just rather stay home with the rabbit than go out in the world and deal with and real men. And deal with men. men. Um, I found another Which, article about um, vibrators and how it's grown more culturally acceptable for women to have them. And talk about them. And talk I about them. I don't think we could have felt as comfortable doing that a while ago. Um, it's been said, according to this article, that sexual wellness and vibrator, sexual health and vibrators go hand in hand. Women, I think that's true. It's an empowerment tool. Women score higher on the female sexual function index, which is huh. a questionnaire that apparently assesses sexual arousal, orgasm, satisfaction, and pain. Whoa. Um, and then women who report no vibrator use 
like don't and also well it's just an opportunity to like know your body yeah. and then when you know your body you can transfer that to a partner mm-hmm. and hell yeah and like men who or like, not and, or not and like men who use vibrators with their partners like it's mm-hmm. it's beneficial to all they're fun they're so fun. they can be good for anyone anybody good poem i'm a poet and i didn't even realize it sometimes i wish you could see me <sighs> i can i'm the lucky one Hmm. So, Samantha, Samantha. <laughs> we've been really good th- today about. I've their been names. better. I caught myself a couple of times. I sh- I should know by now. She's out at dinner with the turtle. She she's like, oh, this is unbearable. trying to like him, and she asks him basically what he thinks of dinner, and he does like a, a mushrooms monologue. <laughs> I know <laughs> about the mushrooms and his pasta. It's basically, have you seen um Best in Show? Of course. <laughs> the nut speech is like when he just starts. White all natural pistachio nuts. That's basically what he does about mushrooms in this sauce. And she's like, who the fuck cares what kind of mushrooms are in her sauce? She realizes he's a boring person no matter how much money he spends on the clothes she wants him to buy. And it's not worth it. So she fakes sick. And she says, <laughs> you know, I'm not feeling very well. I think I'm going to have to send myself home. She says this. She <laughs> kisses her fingertips and bops him, him on the, the forehead. <laughs> And on his balding forehead. He immediately turns to the woman next to him and goes, Do you like this shirt? My ex-girlfriend got it for me. Because he saw his only line. I hate him. He's yucky. The men have recently been super ugly. I don't even want to rate them. Yeah, rating is no good when they're no good. But we do meet the crazy grandmother Stanford of Stanford. Blatch. She reminds me of grandmother Tony Blatch nominee herself. Mary Beth Pyle. Peel. Mm. Mary Beth Peel. Who... Plays Chris Noth's mom on The Good Wife. Whoa. Look at these connections. Oh, I was like, like because in my head it was this six woman. Six degrees of separation. But it's, oh, it's no. not this woman. But sort of connected. Grandmother is crazy. She's she's like typical, like uh, Long Island, I assume they're on. Perhaps, yeah. But we get to see a little picture of little we Stanford. We do, which is so darling. She's very wealthy, very pretentious old white grandmother. Yeah, she has some Coco Chanel suits uh, designed by Coco herself. In each color. And they never go out of style. Oh, so Grandma is like, Miss Carrie, do you want a family? And Carrie, like, like her whole, you know, in Broad City, when, like, there, when she, like, ever she talks to the neighbor she has a crush on and the whole world kind of oh, slows yeah. and, like, yeah. becomes blur. I feel like this happens to Carrie and Carrie's like, maybe I do. Well, and this one makes sense because <laughs> it's kind of the part of the equation that she's forgotten to think about. Yes. And it actually, it surprised me, too, because I was kind of like, oh, yeah, why not? A.K.A. the setup where... She'd be with Big, but married to Stanford. The cognitive dissonance there is a family, which she hasn't thought about. And so it really does throw her off. And it's a genius question of the grandmother's because Stanford goes into the kitchen to get something at the grandmother's request. And as I said to Brooke, I was like, she knows. (laughs) She calls him a fruit. You know he's a fruit. And it's just clear that, you know, she says he's a very sweet boy. To like warn Carrie not to be with him. And also to say like... This won't work, you know, and he's not going to be married but to you. But it's like, why wouldn't he get his inheritance then? Because she doesn't approve of gay marriage. Oh. He says that in the, their first conversation. So she loves him, but Ugh. I guess and those are her stand. Not that I think that's acceptable. No, it's no, just no, like, I, I think that's her metric, I guess. It's hard. It's hard. With old people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, this awful scene with the tomato sauce metaphor. All of it is awful. Awful. He's. I don't like this way of living their life they're making pasta dinner together and carrie's like i have to tell him which i 
I wasn't sure what she was talking about at first. She like is like, I want to get. Do you like really think you're not going to get married? And he was like, mm, This sauce isn't. Well, right. no. She says to him, I want a family, and he is totally not interested in having a conversation. Kind of backs off, says, I thought we were having well, fun. Well, he, first he says something. He's like, you got to brown the garlic before you That's put in a- the onion. I thought we were having fun. Uh, but I was it's like, a terrible. It's like weird spaghetti metaphors. I was trying to figure out like what that metaphor is, like who's the garlic and who's the um, onion. I think maybe he just means like first things first, slow and steady. We're nowhere near that. Let's not talk about it. And he's like, I thought we were just having fun. And, and he pretends she has sauce on her mouth and makes out with well, her. Well, first she, he asks her to t- taste it and she goes, it's bitter, but it's got possibilities. <laughs> which just really this can is you like maybe talk to each other the third episode in a row she's like i have this like qualm about our relationship and he's like mm, but sexy is sexy but i'm gonna say nothing also the last thing she says i remember thinking is crazy about her zen teacher yeah my zen teacher also said the only way to true happiness is to live in the moment and not worry about the future of course, he died penniless and single. It's kind of a depressing, because when you say it, you're like, oh, yeah. And then she refutes it, and you're like, oh, no. That's that episode. That's that episode. How are you feeling? Um, spaghetti metaphor. I hate a spaghetti metaphor. Fuck it. Fuck a spaghetti But how metaphor. are you feeling about the show right now? Like, I don't think I really quite realized, like, how much dimension the other characters are getting while Carrie is just the worst. K- yeah. Like, I have always been like, I'm a Carrie. Because I am. I really... Well, I think she's easy to identify with because she's sort of the blank slate. Right. She absorbs the other stuff. She's so neutral. Right. Like, all of the three women have such strong opinions on things. And Carrie's like, just pontificate. She just puts the questions into the universe. She doesn't ever really state opinions on them. And then... she lives in absolutes and extremes. And she needs other people to sort of dictate what her feelings and responses are to them. Yeah, someone will say something to her and it'll change her whole outlook on a situation. even if it's like a complete stranger. Yeah, she doesn't have any, like... It's so interesting. ...foundation to not... It's so so sad how little, like, backbone she has. Yeah, or like, we don't really know what the foundations of her beliefs are about anything. Yeah. It makes me upset for Carrie because yeah. I hope she, I, I like, I, don't I wonder know. if it'll get, if it gets more intense. Or I was not. watching season three the other day just because <laughs> sneaky sneak. I was, um, I wanted to see Aiden, but, ah. um, and man, I picked a crazy episode to watch. Yeah. Not even like about it. It was just like an episode that was about race. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, it's like, whoa, this is going to be crazy to talk, talk about. about. Um, yeah. Some interesting stuff comes up. What do I think of the show? I'm definitely more interested in it now than I was in the first, you know, half of the episodes we've watched. I really like the other three, I guess. Who's your favorite? Um, I often really like Samantha, but I also think Samantha hasn't been given opportunities for a lot of like emotional dimension yet. Um, I love Charlotte in this episode. It's Charlotte I is love like, that she's the one who had the rabbit meltdown. She's so much more of a character than I don't think. Already, I, remember in the beginning I said, I know I'm underestimating her. I just don't think they knew what she was. And like, yeah. I think a lot of it was like how special these four women are. Yeah. Not their characters, but like the actual actresses portraying them. I think that. It shines through a little bit. Yeah. Because like, I don't think they're all that different from the characters they play. Well, and also, if the the, the f- if the friendship is really the glue of the show, and the friendship is real between them, yeah, that helps. Yeah, 
especially early on. But we're almost done with season one. I know. It's only 12 episodes, right? Yeah. That's really wild. I, I'm kind of excited to see if there's like a, a shift in season two of any uh, stylistically at all. Yes. Oh, except for once we get rid of the fourth wall break. There wasn't any of that in this episode. Yes, there was in when? the wedding. Oh, the wedding. It's awful. I just hate it yeah. so much. You're the one who hates it now. No, you, I, you hate the interviews with the randos. I've, I just have never hated them. In my head, you like abhor them. <laughs> well, now I do. I'm going to hate them. And I hate the fourth wall break. Perfect. They are. Those are weird. I need a fourth wall. Also, the weird transitions that happen sometimes. Mm, Only in some episodes, not in this episode. No. Um, Wait, I had a question for you. Tell me. Do you ever feel like you've settled? (laughs) Brooke just silently nodded at me as she sipped wine. Um, Settled in like love, romance? In any sense of the word, kind of. For like a less than the person you wanted to. I think for the... um, the like latter part of my long-term relationship I I questioned that a lot yeah um and I think I don't think I was settling I I think I was definitely like in it for longer because I felt safe my question for you now is do you think you would put the effort into trying to make someone what you wanted them to be for you as mm. opposed to just embracing who they were like Samantha and Turtle like put the effort like trying to make them into this like version of yeah no I don't think that's does my that style it does and I don't think that's my style at all I'm I think I'm a pretty firm like people are who they are and if you have to alter them in some way to be with them then that's probably not I and and I think it's almost even more powerful when like you maybe find someone who isn't and it's fun if you if you can kind of bring someone along with you and if they're if they're willing if someone isn't inherently interested but is willing to indulge you and come along and be excited that's the best possible scenario but if you have to force that or feel like you're have have to fundamentally change them for you to be happy then both of you are screwed. I think it's something about this episode is that you know it's about Samantha changing someone else to fit her mm. and not changing herself to fit the man. Which That's I true. think in a lot of series... That's an, uh, a trope flipped on its head. Yeah, yeah which I think the Sex and the City tries to do a lot. I like that. I yeah. hadn't thought about that. It doesn't particularly work any better for her than I think it does when you try and change yourself because no. people are people. Well, I think it's Carrie is sort of... That's this like the overarching theme for these like past three episodes is kind of like can Carrie like sort of accept the person that big is that she has to sacrifice these like huge things things she wants yeah and is questioning like and that's the whole question with big is like is it worth it to Carrie to sacrifice all these things and I think that question continues to come up throughout the series yeah and it's why you know big is and can't but it's never really a question of if is big going to change for her or always right. and maybe that's just because we're seeing it through Carrie's lens mm. and you know if this was Mr. Big in the city like maybe it would be different <laughs> it's not to say I'm not trying to say too that people don't change you know or that that's no. unrealistic and I, I think people automatically change over time together well, but it's different say, to cons- try and construct a person uh, yes, versus I think there's a difference between and I think if it doesn't happen, it's not a good relationship. I think people need to grow together. Yes. I think that's where... And often of change happens naturally when yeah. it needs to because you kind of grow towards and uh, away from you, each other. And, and if you grow separate, like I feel like realizing that like this, the individual growth can still be compatible. Whereas yeah. I think that happens... and then in, it's actually kind of an essential part of it. And I think in friendships too, like that's a big part of any relationship, whether yeah. it's romantic or not, is like... It's where the intersection of you are and... 
the other person. Yeah, a lot of love and friendship is choice also. Yeah. One of my oldest friends, she has this, she has heard this and I'm going to quote it wrong, but it's like someone is either in your life for um, a second, a season or a lifetime. Mm. And it's like, you know, what that span of time is, is obviously like a little you know, right. varied, but like I've, I've had relationships that, that are quick friendships romantic whatever and that has no bearing on meaning often or how important it is someone can be in your life for a second and it can be the most important relationship you've had in your young life um and then i've had people who are in my life have been in my life for a lifetime but there's some people who yeah i don't know i'm rambling now (laughs) we're ramblers Ramblers. go ramblers (laughs) ramblers um was there anything that did i already ask what resonated with you Oh, interesting. Uh, the idea of marrying my gay friend. <laughs> oh, I, oh, this was something I was going to talk to you about. Marriage packs. Because oh. they kind of skip a marriage pact and are like, let's get married. But both of us have marriage packs. And actually, both of us have marriage packs with Kyle. I don't know if I do. I? Oh, you don't. You don't. Who do you have one with who we were talking about, though? I have one with Kyle. And that's what I was thinking of. Is mine with, uh, I feel like maybe Garrett, actually. If I don't, Garrett, I'm officially proposing to you. I feel like Johnny and I will get married. Hmm. You guys would be great. I know. You'd be so happy. So awkward. <laughs> um, so probably probably Johnny. You have one with Kyle? Yeah. Kyle and I made one in the um, elevator. Amazing. And w- retrospectively, it was for very young. We still talk about it. And we're like, yeah, we made that so young. 35. Yeah, that is. I'm, I think. We were slightly probably intoxicated. and we seemed just like then. Exactly. And drunker then. <laughs> I'm always drunk. Not for 30 days you weren't. I know. I can't believe it. I still, yeah. I'm going to do it again after Bonnaroo. Really? Yeah. It's going to be summer and I'm going to want to eat a lot of sweet potatoes and broccoli. You and And sweet potatoes get along real well. I have a marriage pact with sweet potatoes. Yeah. If I'm not married by 40, I'm going to marry a sweet potato. (laughs) That is, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to make you sign a piece of paper about that. I'm going to draw a little face on it and, um. No one will object because no one will know. Yeah, beautiful. Bridget. Brooke. How can I find you on social media? You can find me at Mrs. Burt Macklin on Twitter and at BridgetM37 on Instagram. And Brooke, where could I find you? At Breeze. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Brooke underscore Wiseman. And on Instagram, at Brooke Wiseman, no underscore. Collectively, we are at Splat Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe. On iTunes, we're now everywhere, everywhere that podcasts are found. We're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, we're on Acast. If you happen to have an app that we're not on, well, I guess you wouldn't be listening to us. Never mind. You can also just go on our straight up Libsyn. We love Libsyn. Please send us, you can also email us at splatpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. It's been so fun. We love you. We want to talk to you. Engage us. We get engaged to us. I'm ready. Do it. Um, did you know there's a really, really cool, like, crystal exhibit in the uh, Museum of Natural History? Yeah. I didn't. I love the Museum of Natural History. I we go, should go. I go uh, once a week. You live so close. I'm so jealous. Well, I go for class. I have oh, a class yeah, for right the there. babies. The babies. And this is Splat Podcast signing off. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
you want to press it? I'm nervous. I'm going to fuck it up. 